This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Patricia Blondheim. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. This is Patricia Blondheim, and today we have in the studio Brandon Bowen. Brandon is the executive director of the current initiative here in Tuscaloosa. Brandon, how are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful, Patricia. So great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I'm glad you're here. Listen, tell me a little bit about the current initiative. So the current initiative is actually a a labor of love that my wife and I undertook starting about a year, year and a half ago. and it is really here and created to support families in the adoption process. Uh, full disclosure, of course, my wife and I are adoptive parents um, and have actually had our lives touched by adoption in so many other ways. Uh, but really, the current initiative is here because we had an experience uh, that I'm sure we'll get into in depth about uh, hardship and struggle in that process it's um it's here to support families that like i said that are going through a hardship that uh, maybe it's going to derail them from finishing an adoption and then the other part of the the nonprofit is designed really to help families learn about adoption Um, because really i think that there's a lot of information out there whether it's through foster whether it's through agency adoption family adoption but people don't necessarily know what to trust or kind of what their unique situation may may need or entail uh, when they're looking at the process. Yeah, let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit. There's a there are a lot of misconceptions and um, I mean, there's a lot of learning to be done about adoption. It's an incredibly intricate process. It's very diverse. Can you sort of unpack that a little bit for me? Certainly. Um, So there's kind of two main distinctions. There's, of course, foster care and adoption through the foster system. And then there's straight adoption, which encompasses working through an adoption agency, working through directly through an adoption attorney or even family adoption, uh, where where there's a grandparent or an aunt and uncle stepping into an adopt a child from from a family member. Um, So the. I think the hardest thing for people to understand is that adoption is different in every single state. Uh, there are states that are very similar to each other, but depending where you're located and where the child is located greatly impacts the, the process because each state has their own laws, rules, uh, restrictions. And, um, and so we often find the people that ha- hit the most confusion, uh, I guess, <laughs> step into as many of those buckets as possible. So maybe they're they're here in Alabama as a family, but the child that they're looking to adopt is in Georgia or uh, you know some other state that that has laws that are somewhat different or in some cases wildly different than the the local state. Uh, so that's probably the biggest misconception that we we find is people not understanding. Will my, you know, the adoption process is not going to look the same for every single family out there. 
Yeah. And you, and you said also that, you know, you had your own journey into this. Yes. Um, and, and the reason why it became a passion project is, a, is very personal for you. Um, can you tell me a little about, a little about that? Yes. So my wife, Jenny, and I, uh, about seven years ago, decided adoption was a path that we wanted to, to walk down. And, and so we, we began the process, did all the paperwork. We actually went through what's called an adoption consultant. Uh, and they are a group that works with tens and not hundreds of uh, different agencies around the country. Meaning if a situation matches up right, you could actually, you don't know if you're going to be, you know, within your state for us here in Alabama, or if your adoption is going to take you somewhere else. And so when we got into the process, we matched up our first time with a birth mother in, let's see, she was in Florida. And when we got all excited, went down there, we were in the process of adopting a newborn. Of course, some people can adopt older children, but for us, it happened to be a newborn situation. And so we went down, birth mother, about three days after we got down there, gave birth. We went, held the baby, named the baby, met the birth mother, did not come home with the baby uh, because birth mother decided to parent. And so as adoptive parents, we were stuck with the struggle of how can you begrudge somebody for wanting to parent their child? Uh, so we had the emotional toll of that. And the fact that for us, I, I think the closest thing we could relate it to was having a stillbirth because here again, we went to the hospital, held the baby, named the baby, bonded, begin, began to bond with this child and came home with an empty car seat. And so there's definitely a significant emotional toll in a situation like that. But what people don't usually see is that on the other side of it, there is a huge financial burden. And so our charity is actually geared towards working with families that are in the private adoption or in the direct adoption process because they're the ones the cost factor is much higher. Um, and so when something like this comes along and you're losing five, six, $10,000 because somebody has to pay for attorney fees, they did their work and legitimately deserve it. Uh, birth mother healthcare expenses can add up quickly. And if she doesn't have insurance that'll cover it, uh, for us by law in the state of Florida, we were responsible for it. And, that's not something that you can go back and, and talk to the doctor and say, Hey, I want to return this. <laughs> so these people, professionals have legitimately earned, and of course, then there's social worker fees and everything that occurs, they're all services. So these aren't things that you can go back and say, I don't, you know, I don't need this anymore. It's already happened. So for us, that was a huge financial hit. And had we not been blessed with having somebody come alongside us and help, bridge that gap financially, we would have been derailed in our adoption process. Um, now, our story is a little bit unique. We actually had that happen again to us two more times. So we had a total of three what we call failed adoptions prior to being able to bring our oldest son home. Um, and for us, being faith-based, we knew that God had put us there for a reason. Uh, little did we know that it ultimately it would be to, to hopefully dive into this and help other families in this process. But um, we were strengthened through it because we, we were able to see the light on the other side. Uh, it very easily was a, 
a traumatic experience that could have impacted us uh, so much more negatively than it did. Um, and, and it, in full disclosure, it took us a couple weeks, uh, if not even a month or two, to really get over that first initial blow of this didn't work out. Um, and, you know, this child that you thought you were coming home with is not there. So all that to say, we have we felt that impact of an adoption not working out, both emotionally, financially, everything. And we don't want to see that happen again, because had we fallen off and not been able to complete an adoption, that's one more child in the system or that would have gone into the state system. Even if the baby that we did adopt got adopted somewhere else, it's a domino effect. And so somewhere down the line, there's that's one less child that gets doesn't get adopted that either goes into a situation where uh, they're not in a good, safe place because birth mother needed to uh, place for adoption or they go into the foster system. And anything that we can do to relieve the burden of the foster system, to me, is a, a, a noble goal. It is a noble goal. I think it's also noble that you took those three failed adoptions and you and you decided that you were going to use those as as moments that put you further on in your path to help others that going forward. I mean, that is not only noble, but incredibly generous of you. So, well, thank no. you. I, I, <laughs> I will say the generosity doesn't just lie in us because obviously we, we do partner with people. Uh, our goal in it is to, you know, adoption impacts so many people. And if you really think about uh, your own life, m- most people don't realize it, but they're only one, two, or maybe at most three degrees separated from adoption. Uh, like I said, my wife, she was adopted by her stepfather. So she had family adoption. Uh, and I think people don't necessarily get that adoption can be so broad based. Um, so most, like I said, uh, we, our children have been adopted. My wife was adopted by a stepfather. Uh, people all the time will understand like, Oh, well, grandma raised us or, you know, my aunt and uncle had to step in because, mom wasn't in a good place and so adoption and if you look biblically uh the great commission for churches and why they always lean towards helping orphans i mean they're there to, to care for the widows and the orphans and so again churches go out and work in the foster care system we try to work on the private adoption side and with the whole goal of being let's have more care for these children that are in need and so I, I know I'm, I'm rambling on a little bit about the adoption process and, and the, the need for help, but um, I guess I mean, when you, you get spoke, so close to it, <laughs> go ahead. You I'm spoke sorry. about a biblical imperative, yes. right, for adoption, but yes. that really ties into why you're called the current initiative. Would you like to describe why, why the name? Certainly. So, I mean, like I was talking about, uh, whether it's James 127, where uh, the Lord says, you know, religion that our Godfather accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look at the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So it's, it's you know, helping those in need. But uh, the current initiative, so where we got the name itself, uh, 
I think a lot of people will gravitate to the story of Jesus as being adoption from Joseph and, you know, this is son of God and, and his father on earth, Joseph uh, raises him. But to us, the story that most embodied adoption and the beauty of it is the story of, of Moses uh, and his birth mother placing him in the basket and using the current of the River Nile to take him down to the reeds uh, to Pharaoh's daughter. And then in turn, God uses Pharaoh's daughter to not only bless Moses with this ability to bring him up the way his birth mother couldn't, but then places his birth mother in a position and blesses her for being obedient. Yes. So for us, the current symbolizes not only God's grace of bringing Moses to where he needed to be in this in this basket in the river uh, to bring him to the to Pharaoh's daughter and, and to her servants to, to be able to bring into the house of Pharaoh, but also God uses currents, whether it's rivers, oceans, even the air currents to shape the world around us. Every day things are moving and changing because of currents. So uh, to us, it's just this, this kind of underpinning concept of God is using every motion and every step to shape the world. Uh, so whether that's small and in one, you know, this one child that, that he's laid upon your heart to, to go be a part of their lives and vice versa, or a movement as a whole, whether it's, you know, the foster care system and, and these church organizations that are building, you know, great foster care systems and this, uh, you know, even working with governments to, to hopefully provide better for the orphans of the world or for the children in need of the world. It's a current and a movement. And so for us, it just, it, it's something that hit in our core. It's something that you, you've lived, you've let the current of your life, you know, your failed adoptions, your, um, your, the extreme difficulties that go along with that. You've allowed that to shape your life now. And so how, what what was your happy ending when you when you was got to a place where there was success? What does that what does that look like? What's your family like now? So our family has now grown. We have two children. Um, our oldest uh, just turned six years old, and so we have been blessed. Not only were we blessed for for kind of what I feel is being patient and and walking through the pain of that, but ten months after our our son was born. Um, we actually stayed in touch with his birth mother and she let us know that she was pregnant again and, and asked if we'd like a sibling. And so we were blessed to have a biological sibling come about 17 months after our first child was born. And so now we are raising these two little boys uh, and they are the joy of our lives. Uh, challenging as all children will be, but, <laughs> but still a joy and a blessing. Um, and it was all because we didn't act out of fear. And I think when things start going wrong around people, they can act out of fear and that leads them down unproductive paths. Um, so for us, we, that's why, again, it, when, we, when we had it placed on our heart to do this, it's not just to come alongside families and try to help make them whole again to where they can continue the process, but the other entire half of the organization is built on adoption education and so that when uh, something you're not familiar with or out of the ordinary happens 
we have a resource available to say, okay, you know, here's what to expect in this situation. Here's, you know, it's a repository for people to learn uh, on our website, but also then working with churches to help them be able to educate members of their congregation that are interested in adoption. We want to remove as much fear and question, uh, unknown questions beforehand. Uh, because again, it, it all comes back to killing the fear before it happens. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've, I've had people tell me, um, wise people, that there are only two emotions, fear and love. And you have let love guide you through this um, journey and look where it's gotten you. <laughs> yes, I, I would, I'd be a liar if I said it, it wasn't a challenge, but, uh, but at the end of the day, keeping your eyes fixed on the goal, fixed on what you know to be true, uh, will always you know, lead you away from fear. Well, Brandon, thanks for coming by and visiting us today. I, I, I'd love to give information. So can you tell me about how to get a hold of um, your, your agency? Yes, the easiest way is, and all other contact information and, and ways to reach us will be there, but you can go to thecurrentinitiative.com. Uh, just be sure to have the T-H-E at the front. So thecurrentinitiative.com. All right, and I'll link that at the bottom of our um, blog here. And Brandon, it's been, it's been great knowing you, and um, thanks for coming by the studio. Same here, Patricia. I look forward to speaking with you sometime again in the future. Oh, I hope so. That would be Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Northport. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthport.com. That's gnpnorthport.com. Or call 205-809-4910.